We're live. We're live. This should be working. I, I hope. Don't... I think it's a uh, lie. So hopefully someone will be able to tell us. Um... I've just jumped on my laptop and it says we're live. So, well, that's good, isn't it? Here we go. We're getting somewhere. Only eighteen minutes late. That's yeah, the... I don't really know what's happened here, but we are going. We're about. So that's that's the important thing, I think, really, isn't it? Is that we're here now. Yeah. Let's everyone who was previously watching has now given up. Um, as and I can't blame them. Well, yeah, quite. If you are here, please do drop us a message. Let us know in the comment section. Uh, say hello to us. We do like hearing from you as always. So, yep. Uh, and yeah. Oh, yes. We've got we've got people listening. That is good news. Who is that? That's Craig. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? Uh, let us know. So, should we just get straight on with this, Chris? Well, I, I think that's sensible. That according to my uh, my screen here, we have uh, four people watching. So, that's about as good as it ever gets. Owen says, hello. Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sourdough Sarah. I'm sure Sourdough Sarah um, has missed us greatly over the over the dark winter months. Um, so... Shall we? Shall we start by apologising to people because we know that this is what people have wanted. Apologising for the last. Um... Oh, hello, Chris. What are you doing? Nothing. Oh. Um, you should start by apologising to everyone for last, last week. week. I will apologise for last week. Fine. Uh, that was me. Uh, I made a bit of a cock up and should have been here. But I ended up with a booking um, that I had forgotten about after I then agreed with Chris that we'd go live on Thursday, but I didn't. So I apologise for that. But we have, of course, had a three, two, three month hiatus, something like that. Yep. Lots of stuff has been going on. But the important thing is that we are back. Sorry about last week. and sorry that you've missed us, particularly uh, Sarah, who's now not sourdough Sarah because she's gluten free. Oh, that is so sad. That is so disappointing. That's well, I don't, I, I don't know. I can carry on doing the podcast anymore. I feel like it's just not going to be the same anymore, is it? D- Gluten three, Sarah. It's a terrible name. It doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Gluten free, Gloria. That's a winner. Gluten free. <laughs> I like how you would like. Right, let's think of a, a, a name beginning with G, and you went with Gloria. No, I thought of a name beginning with Gla. Okay. Because, and that's about as Glynn's the only other thing I can think of. If you can think of any other names starting with GL, please let us know in the comments. Um, <laughs> the important stuff. The important stuff, getting down to the nitty gritty of running a f- fantastic wedding business. Uh, and I suppose the, the biggest news is this isn't the Wedding Industry Wisdom podcast anymore. It's not, no. This is the Wedding Business Coaches podcast. It is, because as much as Wedding Industry Wisdom was very good we are evolving with what is working well for you and the courses people like them people got good stuff out of them but everything within our data suggests that coaching calls are what works best for most people so <clears throat> that is the that is the direction we're going with everything uh, stuff is still available to buy at the moment uh, but coaching will be the will form the the vast majority of our of our business um but we'll still be doing the podcast every week there's gonna be a lot more content going into the group um 
so yeah, it's, it's, it is all change. It is, and uh, so that also tying in with that comes our new website, which is weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk, where you'll be able to uh, schedule in a complimentary 15 minute consultation with us. Um, essentially a mini coaching call completely free yep come uh, along problems we'll talk them through and hopefully point you in the right direction and then see what we can do for, with you from there so yeah we'll talk about that a bit later on we need to get down to the important stuff i think though so we do uh, uh jack how, how's your hair my hair is uh doing okay at the moment i think i had it cut last week i think it was so yeah it's doing all right at the moment how's your lack of hair going uh, it's still non-existent, so you know there's you know we're we're doing well. Um, right, stop. I'll oh, stop talking crap now. Um, yeah, we asked yesterday on the group what people were struggling with, and it seems that one of the biggest things that people are struggling with is uh, generating leads for their business. Would you say that's you know the biggest? I think so. Yeah, and this is uh, something as you might have been able to tell if you saw the post yesterday. It was uh, Wisdom Wednesday, so this is. You tell us your problem and we will provide wisdom for it the next day. Uh, it's essentially, you tell us what the problem is. We're going to put it on the podcast. We won't name names um, if you don't want to, although you have put it on the post. So you'd think you'd be okay with it, but we're still keeping it relatively anonymous. Um, you're looking at me like I've got six heads. I can't even see you. So, okay. Um, see your Skype call history, which is very weird, but there we go. Oh, lucky you. So no. that's pretty much it, really, is we're going to try and keep this uh, based on what you guys want to talk about, what you want to hear about. And the thing that came up three or four times was uh, getting leads and I suppose getting consistent leads at the right price range, I guess, I think is the main thing that people were talking about. Yeah. What are uh, your initial thoughts on that, Chris? Um. Well, I, I think that if you've been running a business for any length of time and you're still having problem generating leads, then that's a you know that's business 101 is getting getting the leads in so it suggests that um you know maybe there's something fundamentally wrong with what you're doing um i don't know if that's a bit of a over exaggeration but do, do, you, do you know where i'm coming from with that yeah i think the thing is, is um without the leads you can't do it like everything is irrelevant really if you haven't got any leads coming into the business you can't do anything at all you can't do anything we talk about beyond that so i think that the key thing you need to be doing is getting those people through the door because once they're through the door you can start trying these things and testing things out and, and working on that so the key thing is to find those clients um and just get people through the door and start um speaking to them and i think the the the, the problem with us talking about this, of course, is that everyone is different and every business is different and every business is run differently. So it makes it very hard to give solid advice that is generic across the board. Well, I, I think, you know, I, there, I think... Are, there, there are definitely things we can talk about, but of course, you will have to take them and adapt them ever so slightly to, to fit your specific niche of the of the wedding industry. Well, I, I think that I could break it down into five steps, probably, in terms of how how to get more leads for your business. You've thought uh, about this way more than I have. Uh, go on then, Chris. You you can start, and I'll see if I can catch up with you before the end. It's, it's almost as if I'm the one that does all the work, and I'm just dragging you along for the ride. 
it's you know. almost like that it's it's not because without me you wouldn't have half the stuff going on now that you have going on that was nearly a sentence well done thank you um, i nearly formed it <laughs> the full sentence um so <clears throat> step one i think is defining who your ideal client is and that's something that we bang on about over and over and over again but it really does define everything which follows from branding and marketing to how you close you know it's it is everything so you should know exactly who your ideal client is the exact demographic you're selling to because you know when you i think when i started out i know for a fact that you know when i would my ideal client was anyone getting married because it was just i just want work i just want to perform at weddings you know didn't really give it any more thought than that that isn't a solid anyone is not a solid thing because everyone is completely different and different groups have different needs different people want different things um you know and the way in which you sell to different people varies depending on gender age whatever right um because everyone is different so you've got to work out who you're trying to sell to first of all and if you are trying to sell to everyone that's probably your first mistake um any thoughts on that before I move on? No, I think you're you're kind of bang on. And uh, Craig has put in the comments, essentially, it comes down to marketing, surely. And it, it, it does. But obviously, if you're marketing to the wrong people, it's largely irrelevant. Or if you're marketing the wrong stuff to those people, the marketing is largely irrelevant. So I think before you do anything at all, defining that ideal client is the most important thing. Uh, and it is something we've spoken about about six million times at this point, maybe. Uh just under just under five million seven hundred and sixty three thousand six hundred and fifty two fifty three but yeah fifty three sorry well it'll be fifty three after this time okay uh, and next up is having a true understanding of what you're actually selling um and this is this is something that we've mentioned countless times as well in various different courses and on the podcast and everything is actually understanding that you're not selling what you think you're selling so as a magician you're not selling you're not selling magic you know you are selling you know the, the way that your performance changes a wedding day you know that and that is the point you need to be getting across within all your marketing within all your sales copy and all of the everything like that you want to be getting across exactly what it is that you're selling so if you're a makeup artist you don't sell the fact that you're using the latest mac cosmetics or anything like that you're selling the fact that you're going to be making the bride and her bridesmaids and the mother of the bride the most perfect versions of themselves you know releasing their inner beauty or you know however you want to to phrase it that is the, the idea that you want to be selling because if you say hi i'm a makeup artist i charge 75 pounds per person it's like dull doesn't inspire anything whatsoever you need to people um, buy with their emotions and then justify it with logic. So you need to hook them in with the emotional side of the purchase, first of all. What is their emotional reason for wanting to book your service? Anything? Yeah. I've got I've got nothing to add to that at all. You you just go make a tea. I'll just do all the work. Right? I'll, I'll, people, people might notice because they remember that I've got new glasses. These are a lot bigger. There you go. That's my, my contribution is my new big glass. I got them for my my uh, girlfriend for her birthday. So don't say I don't treat her. Well, I guess you're giving an hour out of, of no company with you, so that's a bit of a treat. 
Uh, <laughs> Sarah wants to know how you would find that out. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about ideal clients, but I might be wrong. Um, yeah. There might just be a slight delay there. So we'll we'll kind of jump back to that. We've got... Uh, it's one or the other. So if it's, if it's who who your ideal client is, you, you get to define that with, you know, you can decide to work for whoever you want to. If you want, want to work at the lowest end of the market, um, you know, doing lots of weddings at a low rate, you know, you go for that. If you want to go at the highest end of the market, then you, know, you need to understand the, the difficulties that's going to come with that or whatever. But, you know, if, you know, I think in general, you if you've done a few weddings, think about the people um now she says oh she's commented saying how do you find out why emotionally uh they emotionally want you or um it's about understanding what right. your does so i mean sarah is a uh, photographer isn't she yes yeah yeah so sarah is a photographer so you're, you're not selling the fact that you stood around in the rain taking photos for 12 hours you, you're selling the fact that you are creating the only physical memories of the of that wedding day. I mean, it's all pretty standard stuff for someone who's been doing it for, for as long as yourself and kind of who gets it. Um, you know, you're without you being there with the skills that you have, they will not see the day. They will see the day from so many different angles. They'll see so many things, create so much emotion. You just add so many different layers to that wedding day experience. Um, and the, the photographs will transport them back to that day to that second to that moment to that whatever you know that that is what you're selling you're not selling i i take wedding i come and photograph your wedding you know? yeah so, i think the the thing to point out certainly and this is especially true for photographers is it's not the emotion captured in the image that you're trying to sell that's not what you're trying to sell there the, the emotion doesn't come from the the picture it's uh, sorry the emotion is not what's within the picture it's what the the picture uh creates outside of that so it's how they think back to their wedding day about it so that's uh that's i just wanted to bring that up as well yeah that's a very very good point as well that's the first one you've made today thank you uh, uh, ne next up is uh, compelling copy text. Now, this is more if you're trying to get people, people getting onto your website in the first place. It's the compelling copy text um, that's going to be the difference between people making inquiries and, and not, I think. You can have all of the lovely images that you want on a website showing what it is that your wedding service is. That is what's going to make people read stuff. But the, the actual reading and the text, that is what is going to turn people from interested to actually inquiring so you know your images should stop people the writing should compel them um in terms of how to write compelling copy text it's it's a skill you know i, I used to be terrible at it i'm less terrible now i quite enjoy it and that's just because i've written blog after blog after blog um written email after email after email you know loads of different social media posts and it's about testing things out um but you want again. You want to be invoking that sense of emotion in what you're doing, and um, you know, selling silver or steak or all, all those kind of cliches. But you need to be getting that through in your in your copy text. Your copy text should make people want to take action. I mean, if your if your website says, "Hey, are you looking for a photographer?" or "Have you booked a photographer yet?" I'm a photographer. 
I would love to come shoot your wedding. It's just, uh, you know, you need to make people excited. You need to make people get to know you and who you are and why you're going to be great for their wedding, not just explaining who you are and what you do. Make make them feel it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is that if you don't understand why someone's booking you in the first place, um, then you can't write compelling copy text, which is why this is uh, Chris's very cleverly ordered it this way, I imagine. It, it, once you understand what you're selling, you can then write compelling copy text rather than it just being, I'm a photographer, book me, or I'm a florist, book me. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that the, 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 the other thing to consider within this is that I recently, or say recently, in the last six to nine months, um, changed my website from being written in the third person, so talking about Chris, um, to being in the first person to talk about me. So when people go onto my website and read um, about me, it's coming from me. So yeah. I say, I am like this, I do this, I'm excited about your wedding day, I'm a magician, I, 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 I. Because um, that gives them a sense that they then know who I am and they can feel kind of connected to me in some sense and get a sense of my personality because the whole point is that I am the person that's going to be going to their wedding day. It's not like I'm, you know, if I was an agency sending other magicians there, that's a different thing altogether. But where it's going to be me, they get to know me um, and what I'm all about. And if they like how they're reading it, because it's very much written as I speak, um, you know, then they'll get an idea that, yeah, that's the sort of person I can imagine being at my wedding day. Or they read it and go, oh God, no. He sounds like an idiot, uh, and not make an inquiry. But you know, that's that that feeling of the copy text connecting the business to the person is is absolutely paramount. I think. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And as Sarah has uh, mentioned in a various different comments, they're essentially saying that she doesn't like it when it says our team uh, and things like that. It's like it's just them. Why are they trying to make it sound bigger than they are? I think the only time that this, and I say I think, I actually know this because I've done it myself, is when you're not actually the only person in the business. So because I have an assistant who deals with the inquiries for me, when I was writing my email, my um, copy used to be in the first person. So it used to all be, Jack, uh, I do this, I do that, I do that. Um, so... I then um, I, I then found that when the inquiry came through, and Ashley was the the person on it, um, it was the person who then started replying to the emails. It then didn't feel right, and the conversion rate dropped because they were expecting to talk to me, and they ended up being sent over to Ashley. Whereas now it's in the third person, and mm -hmm. all of the copy is written in the third person, apart from I believe I think the about me section is written in, it, or the about Jack section is in my is in first person, but everything else is in third. So when uh the thing that you're going for right sorry that's you're, you're going for a very different thing to most other suppliers absolutely but there are some i think there are suppliers in here who uh would benefit to know that from my experience when you have someone else dealing with the inquiries or you know you have more than one person to write it in the third person does actually work uh better yeah so you've got to you've got to work out what's going to be best for you is essentially what we can agree on. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else to say on copy text? No, I don't think so. Yeah, and actually, another thing is it's not just what it says as well. 
um it's how it appears on a screen if you see really blocky paragraphs um then it just looks intimidating and people may skim read it at best whereas mm -hmm. if you break it down into short sentences it doesn't have to be you know you're not an author writing a book you are someone putting some information onto your website that wants to be read by someone that you, you want people to read right yeah. so um you know it can be single words it can be just a couple of words it can be full sentences and then the odd paragraph but if it is just all blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks of text people are not going to read it because they go no that looks intimidating it's amazing how much just changing adding a few line breaks or changing the structure slightly changes how readable something looks yeah definitely um next up um efficient website structure um now there's a very good reason why you know websites cost a lot of money to make because you know when they're done properly they are literally a money-making machine um myself and jack have done loads of website audits and the amount of times that we people we look at people's websites and we're like i don't have a clue what people are supposed to do when they come on here mm. um it should Basically, your your website is a way for you to generate leads. Uh, it's it doesn't really have to be anything else other than that. It is all about you generating leads. So you know, I, I find it strange when you go on someone's website and then there's a thing directing you to their Facebook or to their Twitter or to their Instagram. It's like you've just got them to your website and then you're trying to send them away again. Like what what is that about? You want to get people onto your website you want to get them onto the particular page so for instance as a as a magician i've got a, i do parties i do corporate events trade shows uh, weddings you know i do all sorts i mean most of my work is weddings but when people come on my main page i then want to instantly uh, funnel them off to the wedding page if they are a wedding inquiry and from the wedding page i want them to go onto the contact page to m make a make an inquiry that is is simple and easily as things should flow for a website. If you're just trying to send them, oh, here, here's this, oh, go to and visit my feedback, oh, no, here's some photos of me performing. You know, if it's sending them all around the houses, then it's confusing. It's, and it just, put, it just puts obstacles in the way where they don't need to be obstacles. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got nothing really to add to that. The, the efficient website structure is very important. And um, if anyone has been following what I do, and I don't know why you would, but if you were, then you will see that I've recently changed my website uh, because I noticed that I wasn't getting very many inquiries coming through. I was getting a lot of traffic to the website, but it wasn't converting into inquiries. And then those obviously meant that I wasn't getting any gigs, so, or you know, as many gigs. So I decided to change the website and put in a completely new uh, website because I was working on a two-page website, which was a homepage and an inquiry page, and that was it didn't really work. So I added a couple more pages. Still quite basic though, still didn't really work. So I've gone back to a more cohesive uh, website. It is focused around weddings because that's where most of my work is and that's what I enjoy doing. I want to do more of those. So it's very much focused on the wedding uh, market, but it has massively changed because I've kept note of what's been happening with my website. I realized it wasn't as efficient as it could be. Uh, I changed it, still wasn't very efficient, so I changed it again, and I'm now starting to see the results that I was expecting to see kind of in the first place, really. So I kind of reverted all the way back, but I made that mistake of, um, it wasn't a mistake, you know, it was a learning experience. For me right now, where I am at the moment, 
the way the business, the website was just didn't work and then it didn't work again. So I found something that did work and is now converting again. So I'm back kind of where I was, which is good, but you've got to, you've got to try these things. If it's currently not converting people, if people are coming to the website and they're not inquiring, you've got to find out why and what you can do to do that. And Google analytics is a fantastic way to do this. If you're not using it, we thoroughly recommend that you do. It's a free service offered by Google where you can uh, see disturbing amounts of data about the people that are visiting your website. It is very scary, uh, but it will allow you to really nail down on what the problem in your website is and how you can then fix it so that people who aren't inquiring but normally would can end up inquiring and it makes it a lot easier for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't think the. I mean, the, the one other thing I'd add about, you know, the the website thing as a whole is to um, just make sure it's a pleasant experience being on mm. your site. I, um, whether it's mobile, tablet, desktop, make sure that no matter what device someone might go on your website, it is a pleasant experience. I mean, if it's got images which are distorted because they're being dragged or they're, they're the wrong size, so they're pixelated or you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't look nice, or whatever, that is going to be putting people off. Um, it's it's so people are very, very quick to judge, you know, it, it, within five seconds, they should know exactly who you are and what you do, you know, that and people will click off very, very quickly, because people are fickle, they want they want things instantly, right? Mm. So they go on a website, and they'll go, No, I don't like it. And they'll leave again, you know, you've literally can lose someone in in that five seconds to so make sure it's a pleasant experience being on your website just makes sense yeah and um, in the same way that we say or we say chris uh, in the book that chris and i've read the whole point of copywriting is to get someone to read one sentence at the end of one sentence to get them to read the next one that's the whole point and a website is much the same you want to get them on the website and the whole point of that website is to get or that first thing they see is to get them to the to the right place to then get them to start reading the right stuff and then from there it goes down and get them to the right pages so it's very similar in that aspect is that the website is designed to get people onto the next right thing yeah absolutely um um anything else to add on that no i'm happy to move on to the next bit okay so the final thing that i kind of um thought of for getting leads is actually giving people um an offer so you sort of were in, in, uh, an incentive to make an inquiry with you. Um, so, you know, for instance, if you've written, you know, a blog that's going to be very, very helpful that you could make into a PDF download and say something like um, inquire today and I'll send you my ultimate guide to the perfect drinks reception completely free, you know, so that they are, because they are they are giving you something they're giving you their personal information so if they feel like they're instantly being given something in return for that um and i'm not suggesting you give them a free clock radio or whatever um but you know if you could have an, in, an incentive for them making an inquiry with you then it can just tip the balance with like well no i'm not sure if i should inquire oh you get this oh in which case i would inquire then you know it might just be that one percent two percent that tips them from sitting on the fence to um, you know, not sitting on the fence. 
to, to just say and the thing is like especially since gdpr and all that kind of stuff and cambridge analytica and all these things that have been going on with data um people have become so aware of what their data is worth or yeah. so much more aware than they used to be like people you you know I, I used to be one of those people as well where i'd give my email address to anyone who asked uh because yeah. it meant that i got you know just because i could you know because i got a newsletter and that was it like there was nothing else to it whereas now people are so much more aware of what their personal information is worth and what they can do with it you know people are a lot more cagey about giving it away so you've got to make sure that they are comfortable and they feel comfortable giving you that information and if you can give them an incentive to do that and you know as chris has already pointed out incentive isn't monetary not necessarily it's not saying inquire and you'll get a 10 percent discount because that's not what we mean at all it is very much what value can you add to them completely free of charge um yeah. you know you, yeah so it's not like you'll probably have seen this before on um shops shop websites and that kind of things where you will put a load of stuff in your basket you'll go away and then an hour later you'll get an email saying oh by the way you can get 10 percent off if you finish this basket and check out that's not what we're saying here uh, this yeah. is very much a case of providing value and that could be with the ultimate drinks reception guide type the thing or whatever it is you know that's relevant to your business and that's the important thing is it's got to be relevant to what you do in this industry so obviously for magicians something like the drinks reception would work um for a florist it could be you know this year's color trends uh, wedding color trends for example you know that kind of thing that's what you want to be doing is providing something that's going to be valuable to them uh, in exchange for that inquiry yeah um or the the other thing and this this is difficult to do but you know if you're if you're talented enough to do so then it can just be a case if you, if you are a good copywriter or you've got yourself in a position where your brand is this strong the inc the incentive may just be the fact that if they don't then they are going to miss out you know so whether that is something which suggests that you're diary is pretty much full or you're known to be very very busy and you can you know you can let them know that without it sounding like inquire today or miss out because that doesn't work but you know if you can do words to that effect which are genuinely convincing that is another incentive to inquire because you know the fear of missing out is uh is is massive um so the that's about it really i think that in terms of what I could think of in terms of getting leads or inc increasing the amount of leads you can get. Um, yeah, so I think the, the thing is, is that most people I imagine were expecting us to tell them to use, go to wedding fairs, do Facebook ads, do Google ads, do this kind of thing to get more leads. But in reality, all those things obviously are needed, but you can't implement any of those things. Um, unless you've got these things in place if you don't have these bits and pieces in place there is absolutely no way you are able to uh, find the right wedding fairs for people convince them to inquire with you and then you know the same facebook ads you won't know how to target the, the people on facebook you won't know how to find the right you won't know what search terms to use on google you won't know any of these things if you don't have these bits and pieces in place uh, and then once they get to your website, they won't know what to do. They won't know how to find your inquiry form. So if you want to make sure that you've got all these things in place before you start heading over to Facebook ads and Google and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no point in sending people to a website which doesn't convert people into people who make inquiries. You know, you can you can have a, a million people going to your website every single day, but if your con, if your conversion rate is zero percent from in, inquiries, that's right, traffic to inquiries, then you know, it doesn't matter how much traffic it is, zero percent is zero, no matter what number it's out of. So, um, yeah, I think that you know, it, it's that level of thing that you need to be fixing first of all you know mm. so yeah well, i've had this before where people have said um because when i also got the, the facebook advertising course and people saying oh, i've not i've got i've not got any uh not got any bookings out of my um out of the, out of the facebook ads course yet i was like okay well, are, you, are you getting people onto your site oh yeah loads it's like well then the, the ads are working absolutely fine it's mm. not the, the it's not the ads that that are the problem. It's the old adage of you can take the horse to water, but if you pull its tail, then it's not going to be happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one I was thinking of actually. That was going on in my head. Um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it it doesn't matter what you do in terms of how you get people there. If what you're offering when people get there is a poo sandwich or what looks like a poo sandwich, then uh, that's it. That's it. Can you tell the morphine's kicking in? I can. Uh, it's starting to. Yeah. So Sarah yeah. wants to know how you. I imagine she's talking about um, <clears throat> saying that essentially you get booked up well in advance. How do you make that sound good? Uh, I think if we knew that, we'd be using it ourselves. Um, yeah. I do, personally, I don't. I I don't write my own copy, so I'm definitely not the right person to be answering this question. Um. Don't delay. Book today. That uh, we'll write. We'll, we'll send the invoice to you, Sarah, for that. Yeah. Um, no, no one else use that. That's Sarah's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely clear on that. Um, so, what, what's the question in essence? How how do, how you, do you say get in touch early because we do get booked up without sounding like you're talking rubbish. Um. Uh, hire a copywriter and tell them you want to say that and tell them that's that's the message you want to get across um uh, i i i will think on it i mean i i think that um the best way of saying something like that is probably to not say it um but show it somehow um i i don't know i yeah. I, I, will, I i will i will think on that because it's certainly um, something which would be very, very beneficial. But it's, um, you know, if you are really that busy, then the best way would to have a... Have the diary on the website, I'm guessing. Have your diary on your website and say, see, check if your date's gone. I mean, Jack, um, we have a PDF system that Jack created, whereby, how long was it, how long does it take? 20 minutes uh 20 minutes yeah half an hour yeah so yeah jack jack created a system using various different tools where if you have a if you have a crm then people would be able to find out whether you're available for their wedding within 30 minutes um so they you don't have to touch anything and that's without you just fully fully automated diary checking system so you know the yeah, 
something along the lines of that would probably be the very best way if that is a route that you want to go down is to say check if your date is still available yeah well sarah has put something else here which i think is slightly off topic so we may come back to in a second but she said she bloody hates it uh when someone says oh cool thanks i'll have a chat with my mum who's paying and then disappears and comes back next week and uh they've the date has been taken by someone else um so i think that's something that's slightly different um i wouldn't be too annoyed if you're busy enough that within a week you get a date filled up by someone else um i i i'm very much of the opinion that you just need to communicate with um with people on the, on the, the situation and say like if if you're busy enough and getting enough inquiries such that um you know a, a date goes a week within a week to someone else then you need to let the person first person who's inquiry inquiring know that you will hold that date for 72 hours and not a minute longer because with after that after that time period you will need to let someone else take that date so to say yeah. strict 72 hours and within that 72 hours follow up with them you know let them know so we've um We've actually recorded next week's podcast already because Jack's going away, and um, we talk we talk all about email follow up within that. But you know, basically, um, just to go over mine very briefly. There is a huge incentive to book me within a week, like, like massive incentives in terms of what you get for free on top of the package um, if you book within that week period. So within that first week, I am I send them three emails which talks about why they should be booking within that week. Um, I won't go into lots of details, but and then at the end of that week, they get an email the day before saying, basically, if you don't book tomorrow, you are going to miss out. So, yeah. if you don't, if that's the sort of thing that you don't want to be happening, that's the sort of thing that you need to be doing. Um, providing an incentive to book within that whatever time frame, following up within that time frame, letting them the day before that they are going to miss out, and then afterwards sending them an email saying this date is now open to other people. That is that is the way around that I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's me personally. I'm not. I don't get millions of inquiries. I'm not one of those people that do that. Uh, so we hold a date for a week to make let people make a decision. Um, I, I think it's only ever happened once or twice where someone happens to have inquired for the same date in that week period, and then we just deal with that and ask for we ask the person who's currently got the date held to make a decision so that we can then deal with the new inquiry that's coming in so it does make it uh if you are busier than that it uh it does create some issues i suppose in which case you just have to kind of work out what what works for you you can say oh i'll hold the date for 48 hours for example uh, or even 24 hours if it if you are genuinely that busy with inquiries coming in you can say i'll hold it for 24 hours and i think anyone within their right mind would be reasonable enough to go, okay, I can wait 24 hours to get a response um, as a client who's inquiring on the same date that is. So I think that's that's something that's really important. Um, so I'm just sort of trying to keep up with what's going on here. So Craig has said, perhaps also refer to taking bookings for one or two years in advance uh, with only a few dates available in 2020. So contact us now to see if the date's free. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, I talk about that on occasion that you know, I'll get bookings 24 months in advance, that kind of thing, uh, to kind of encourage people to go, actually, we should probably get in touch with him now. Um, 
so yeah i think hopefully that kind of answers your question to some extent sarah um it is you just kind of have to find a way that you're comfortable with to police that system um it may be that you can only ever hold a date for 24 hours if you're that busy with inquiries which is fantastic by the way you just say you know Good. i hold sorry Good problem to have. Exactly. It's the problem you want to be having for sure. So I'd be saying to any inquiry that comes in and you happen to be available, you go, right, uh, here's my prices, blah, blah, blah. You go through your process and you say, oh, by the way, I can only hold the date for 24 hours because of the number of inquiries I get, essentially. You might want to phrase it slightly better than that, but you say the date is held for 24 hours. After that point, I will be opening it up to the new inquiries that have come in in the last 24 hours for your date. That's yeah. what I would be doing um, because then it's giving people the opportunity to make a decision without them losing that um, without them losing that date because they were they had other things to think about. So that's what I would be doing. I personally accept the booking is taken um, once they've agreed it because I take so basically my process is I have a proposal that goes out to them. They they then select the package that they want to book and then they sign the contract. Once they've signed the contract that's then the booking is is in place. And it doesn't matter when I then take the deposit uh, or the payments, particularly the payment is due straight away. Generally they pay straight away, but sometimes that doesn't happen for whatever reason. But you know, the contract is signed as soon as, and has to be signed as soon as they agree to the proposal. So that's when it's taken as a booking. For me, that's the system I put into place anyway. Um, Sarah says she gets lots of inquiries and lots of price shoppers, uh, prices, despite the price being all over the website. There's not a lot you can do about that. I think that's people being morons, quite frankly. Um, I don't really think there's a lot you can do about that to, to stop those price shoppers, want, especially if the prices are already on your website. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the one thing potentially is to just really, really streamline the uh, inquiry process just to, and, Make sure that the fault maybe have the follow up automated up to the point where you actually have to deal with it. So and, that, and that's something we talk about in next week's podcast as well. Um, so um, I'm just just thinking out loud in terms of trying to encourage people to uh, make inquiries if you really are that busy is to to is to tell people in advance that when you make an inquiry, your date will be held for 24 hours only due to the, um, the amount of inquiries you get in. Don't say those words because those words were rubbish. But um, The principle stands, the principle though. Was solid. If, you, if people are aware that you only are able to hold a date for 24, 48, 72 hours, then that says, oh, wow, that they are very busy then. But that may have the may put people off then if they think, oh, I'm going to have to make a decision within that amount of time. So I'm literally thinking out loud. But, you know. Yeah, it depends on, on the position you're in, Sarah. So you can kind of think about those ideas and, and implement the one that you think is probably the most appropriate for your business. Obviously, we want to make sure your your business is run as efficiently as possible, really. You know, that, that's the important thing, especially if you're getting those number of inquiries coming in. Uh, make sure that it is a slick, well-oiled machine so that you don't spend your life doing a load of admin work so yeah a lot of this kind of follow-up stuff we talk about next week's podcast we've said we've already pre-recorded because i'm away next week um but yeah 
Um, Jamie has said, I've only today sent a follow-up email today and boom, a booking. Fantastic. Uh, that's great news, Jamie. Glad that that's happened. You've got yourself a little booking there because of a follow-up email. So that's the important thing. You definitely need to be following up because as they say, the fortune is in the follow-up. And Sarah, your idea of free sourdough with all bookings is a brilliant idea and it should be a thing. Who says the fortune's in the follow-up? I've only ever heard you say it. Have you not? Have you not heard? I mean, every or like all of the marketing people say it. I don't know who said it originally. Fortune's in the follow-up, let's see. I'm, I'm not denying it's a thing, but I swear on you. Oh, heard you. I apologize. This is, I will oh, know. So it's um, from Network Network Marketing Pro. So it's an Eric uh, War thing. And I apologize because that is network marketing. So that's probably bullshit. I mean, I feel a bit sick now, Jack. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 10 lashings and 12 Hail Marys, I think. Um, something uh, like that. Your, uh, your sister Rosemary's watching. She says uh, you could hold the place for 48 hours and have two or three emails come in to encourage them to book. And I think that's, yeah, a, a really good thing to be able to do. It's basically what I said. It's basically what we've already said, but I didn't want to say that because it's your sister. I wanted it to be nice. I, I said it first. so you, yeah. d you did say it first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there we go. Um, is there anything else that anyone would like us to cover whilst we're here? I think that we um, we have a bit of time, um, seeing as we started late. It's, yeah. uh, so Sarah says that she's been implementing texting as well as emailing. It's been so much better for responses to inquiry follow-up. Um, yeah. I, I think that most people use WhatsApp nowadays. Mm. Uh, so I have, I mean, to the point where Facebook has now implemented WhatsApp within business pages. So quite often when I get an inquiry nowadays, play with it, I'm sending people a WhatsApp message saying, hey, thanks for your inquiry. Um, would love a chance to get on the phone to discuss what I can do for you, et cetera, et cetera. When is, when is a good time? I had this the other day and the guy just messaged back straight away saying, I'm free now. I was like, okay, called him done because i think that you know <clears throat> text message and whatsapp message opening rates are going to be somewhere around 100 percent. whereas you know you can not everyone has that email synced to their phone most people do but not everyone and you know i mean according to digital marketer people get 147 emails a day including junk um so getting an email nowadays isn't particularly exciting Whereas WhatsApp messages and text messages are still, you know, when you get that, you're going to be relatively sure it's from someone you know, and hence is a something a bit exciting or interesting, at least. Yeah, I think Sarah's bang on there. She says uh, it's so much better. I think people look at emails and file it in the later section where it's text slash WhatsApps are dealt with instantly. And I think that's absolutely right. That's what I said. So you said, well done, Chris, for being right again. Um, so Chris Day. Well done, Chris. Woo! Round of applause for Chris. She said, I had no idea why she didn't do it sooner. We only started uh, because our email client was sending, uh, their emails were going into junk a lot, but they've now fixed it. And uh, so now they're just continuing to text. And I think that's a great idea. If it's working, why stop it? Um, yeah. So yeah, should we move on and yeah. talk about what we're now doing with our lives? Um. So I'm a Leo. 
Um, <laughs> yes. So yeah. we are, as we mentioned at the start, we are now Wedding Business Coaches. Uh, that is the website, weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk. You can find out everything that we do there. But we are now offering free complimentary 15-minute coaching calls with us. These are little mini coaching calls where you come to us with a problem and we will work with you until uh, we fix it, essentially. And that short little 15 minute, that is true. In 15 minutes, we'll get we'll get your thing sorted in 15 minutes. Um, it's completely complimentary and we want you guys to try it out. Essentially, just go over to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk, click the link to sign, uh, to, to agree to a call with us. And then you pick a time that works for you best. And that's pretty much it. Uh, and then we will call you at the specified time and we'll get it all sorted for you. Um, I don't really know what else to add about that, really. Um, no, that that's correct. So, yeah, so it's a great way to have us work with you completely free for a brief amount of time. And then after that conversation, we'll send you what we think we can do for you on a longer term basis. Yeah. But, uh, there are, we've organized our personal diaries such that whether you're someone who wants to do something in the morning and afternoon or an evening, we can accommodate uh, a call at any of those times, times depending on the days. Um, and that's about it really. That is what wedding business coaches is all about. Um, yeah. Um, Sarah says, is my back sorted yet? Uh, ish. Um, there. I, I had a second operation. So um, that was only three weeks ago. So I'm still still in recovery and on morphine. But I'll be right as rain for wedding season, hopefully. So, yeah, there will be gluten-free sourdough, Sarah, as long as you provide it. Um, Is that a thing? Yeah, it must be a thing. Of course it's a thing. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what we're doing uh, these days. As we've said, I am not here next week. I'm away on holiday. So we were not going to be live next week. It will be a pre-recorded one. We pre-recorded it earlier today. It's all about follow-up. Uh, we think you guys get a lot of value from that. So we look forward to hearing what you think about it. Um, but also, yeah, sorry. Something else. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, also, if you go to, if you don't want to book a free um coaching call with us uh first of all you're an idiot uh but second of all if that's not something that you want to do then you can head over to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk uh, if you go down to the bottom there is a little sign up box and if you fill in your details on that there's a brand new um guide or system that we've uh, put together a six-step system for staying ahead of your competition um because that is something that's we did a survey recently, which um, is still open, and we would still like you to um, uh, fill that in. Jack, if you could get a link for that and put it in the comments, yeah. that would be great. Um, but one of the things that um, came out of the survey is that 0% of the people who, that's zero out of, uh, out of the people who have done it, so that means no people whatsoever felt like they were good at dealing with their um, uh, competitors. So we thought that is something we should put something together on. So, um, yeah, if you head over to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk, at the bottom of there, sign up form, and you'll get an email automated to you instantly um, with uh, a link to getting that uh, that PDF. 
download. And Jack will put a link in the comments for the survey. Um, Jamie says, um, we have a problem with our Gmail going to customers' um, junk mailbox when we are using our booking system. Any idea how to stop this? Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. In my opinion, Jamie, if you're a professional business, you should not be using a Gmail address. Um, I think it sends the wrong message to people. So I think it's very, or it's fairly inexpensive to set up a, um, a email address on the whatever domain you like uh, and send it from there. Um, that's the, what I would say is the best solution to that. If you're keen to stick with uh, Gmail, uh, then you can do, um, what's it called? Is it spam checker, Jack? Yeah. You can. There are spam checkers where you can send test emails to, and they will tell you what um, uh, blacklisting thing rules you might be breaking um, in terms of what the content of your is and what and why it might be flagging it. So those would be the two different things I'd suggest. Uh, Jack has now put the, a link to the survey in the comments. So if you haven't filled that in, it will only take you three minutes and 16 seconds on average, um, and your data will be uh, kept completely anonymous and will be very helpful in terms of helping us to understand how we can better serve you. Yeah, uh, Jamie, that still applies. We would head over to Spam Checker, and that will tell you what your problem is. Uh, it's a G Suite product, but yeah, I, it's not a problem with Google. It is a problem with the type of emails that you're sending, I imagine. So say, head over there and that'll sort that out. Uh, but that, I think, is pretty much us done, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like I said, not live next week, but there will be a podcast episode. Uh, the video, we, the video going on the page? Yeah. The video will be going on the page at 6 o'clock uh, next week. Uh, this, if you're just coming to this late, uh, the podcast will, well, this will be, put as a podcast episode available as of tomorrow so you can listen back to anything that we've been going on about uh to book a 15-minute complimentary coaching call you can head to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk same address if you just like to sign up to our mailing list and receive the six-step system to dealing or staying ahead of your competition uh, anything else to add jack that's it we'll be back week after next okay pleasure thanks very much bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.